stuck in our homes But you're not alone Our seven feet and knees We'll shoot the breeze COVID-19 has you down Down So stay with us and hang around Until it all works out I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. How are you today, Dave? Happy Friday. Thank you. We missed our first day of podcasting yesterday because of my schedule. I know we did. I know we did. And and I will tell you, I actually missed our chat. So did I. I apologize. And this leads to something that I want to talk about. And I'm going to, uh, you and I haven't spoken about this at all. So I'm hitting you with this out of left field. But um, uh-huh. for, no, 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 it's not horrific. But First of all, let, let me be clear. I know that I'm very fortunate to even be working. Like there are so many Americans right now who've been laid off or furloughed. Um, just you know, horrific what's going on with the economy. I actually saw a chart of uh, the impact of the 2008 recession uh, versus what's going on now, just from an unemployment perspective. And it, what we are dealing with now is orders of magnitude worse than 2008. I mean. 2008 looks like a very small blip on a chart compared to what we're dealing with now. So I, I give all of that up front as a huge caveat to what I'm going to say. Uh, but yesterday was one of those days where at work, I, you, you and I have recorded every day since we said, all right, let's, we're, we're stuck at home and let's start doing this. And there are days where I'm busy and I have to, you know, I'll fit these podcasts in literally between 20 minutes between meetings. But um, yesterday was the first day I didn't have any slots open on my entire schedule all day. It was just wall to wall, meeting after meeting after meeting. And one of the things that I've come to realize in the last two weeks, and it came to a head yesterday with um, us not being able to record, and I was talking to to my boss, um, who's even more level-headed and calm than I am, and he said, I'm working harder and feeling less productive than I ever have. And one of the things about this situation that's really unnerving is how it forces, I think it, I think this is true beyond work too, but everything we're doing now is largely reactive. It doesn't feel like we have nearly as much control over what we're doing hour to hour, day to day, because we're just responding to all of these um, external inputs. And it's really, really unnerving psychologically. I I totally get that. I feel like, um, especially like the last month since all of this came to a head, everything has been throwing out uh, buoys and life vests and just keeping things afloat and keeping things going. And there's a lot of work in trying to maintain a level of normalcy. Yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to someone yesterday and they said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm fine. I said, but I am, I am absolutely worn down um not because the work that i'm doing is is harder in a lot of ways it's easier right it's very responsive i'm doing i'm you know i'm much more responsive to emails than normal because i've got to be checking that stuff because the situation is changing so quickly and in our business and i'm i'm getting put you know i'm doing a lot of outreach to people and meetings just to check in on people but everything is just so reactive 
there's no real sense that like, all right, I'm gonna chart out my day and do X, Y, and Z. I have days that start out, my schedule looks okay. And an hour later, like the entire day is, is filled up with, I've gotta do this, I've gotta do this. And I can't focus on anything big or overarching. Right. I'm sorry. I totally get that. I do. Um, I think that, you know, it, well, I do social media, right? So I'm almost always working on the reactive side of things. Correct. You know, um, but I can speak from a family perspective is that so much of my day is now spent trying to make things as normal and as smooth and as comfortable and as not scary and as even keeled as possible that it becomes exhausting and overwhelming. And I can see in your position how, you know, especially with, with prosthetics, people are worried, are the clinics open? Are they closed? Can I get the supplies? Can I not? All of that, um, you know, it's got to feel overwhelming, you know, in every single layer of the industry. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think one of the things that's also just generally stressful about the situation is everyone's looking at each other saying, what will happen? When will it end? And the problem is truly no one knows. No one, right. no one has any experience that, that helps at all with this. It's not like you have anyone working in any company in the United States where you can say, oh yeah, no, we've been through this before. We know how this will work. No one knows that. Exactly. So it's, it's just, everyone is, you have a lot of people projecting confidence and sufficiency, um, but I, I, my guess is it's mostly an act uh, because I don't think people really know. Yeah, you know, and, and not necessarily from your position because you're very accustomed to working from home and working remote, but there's a whole slew of new of employees who now find themselves in the new world of working remote. And I've I've spoken with several of my friends who are in that situation and they feel like they're actually working harder and logging longer hours and logging more time. Um and being more attentive since they're at home because they feel like they have to either prove their worth, prove that they're still valuable to the company because it can be scary when you're no longer physically there to, to still convey that the work that you're doing is valued and that you make a contribution or because they know that it's such a privilege and so many people aren't able to work from home that they find themselves kind of doubling down their efforts. And I find myself telling my friends, you know, don't be logging 60 hours weeks if, if it's not what you were normally doing when you were in the office. Um, so I think that that's something people really need to be cognizant about is, you know, log your time if you need to, if you feel like you're investing too much, because sometimes when you work from home, it's, it's always there. You have all of your supplies there, your computer's there. So it's real easy, you know, at nine o'clock at night to open up your computer and get a little bit more work done. You don't have to do that. When you work from home, you really have to work very hard to, to make the divisions between this is my work time, this is my family time. I think that the other thing that happens, and I experienced, when I started working from home 14 years ago, um, I really struggled with this. I came from uh, you know, I, I, I started my career working in law firms and you had to justify what you did in tenths of an hour. And, um, in tenths really, of an hour. So that's tenths every of an hour, six minutes, every six, every six minutes you had to log it. I didn't have to log every six minutes, but let's say that I worked for 48 <laughs> minutes, right? That was, I, I had to 
log eight tenths of an hour, 0.8 for that time. It wasn't quarter hour billing. Um, and so, you know, you were, you were having to keep very close track of what you were doing and that, to bill honestly. And I remember coming home and I, I was, one of the reasons I got out of law was because I would bill for my time honestly and I watched the people around me. I was coming in earlier and leaving later and they were billing 40, 50 more hours a month than me. And I was like, there's no way. There is simply no way. I know what they're doing mm -hmm. um, and I'm not gonna do it. And um, when I went home and started billing, I, I could work 12, 13 hours a day. But you know, if you, when you're switching from one task to another, you lose four to five minutes. Right. And if you don't bill that and you know you do that 20, 30 times a day, you've lost an hour, hour and a half of your time to things that you don't really know what you were doing. You were just switching from one task to another and getting into it. And um, so you can, you know, it, it gets really alarming because you can work a 14 hour day in your, you know, you started at this time and you ended at this time. But when you look at your time sheet, your time calculation, you're at like nine hours. You're like, I only work nine hours. And that's really destructive psychologically. And the guidance I would give people who are working from home for the first time as someone who's been doing this for a very long time is the way to manage um, the balance between work and home and to make sure that you're having an impact is to be very clear about what you are being measured on when you're home. Because most of us are not measured on how long we work. We're measured actually on the tasks that we perform when we're working. And so I'll, I'll give you an easy example. Um, we, have, we have employees in our clinics who um, are making, they're doing patient outreach. They're calling patients to make sure they're okay. Um, and so those people, when they go home, the, the way they should be evaluating their effectiveness isn't, did I work eight hours? It's you were expected to call 50 people today. That's what your boss told you to do or whatever the number is. Right. And you, you and I would be as a remote employee if, if I know that my work task is I'm supposed to finish this report by this date. I would be giving my boss a daily update on where I'm coming in on that report, what you know, how it's coming, et cetera. Or I've completed I completed 40 of the 50 calls today. Here's why I didn't complete the other 10. And doing that is what's going to give your bosses confidence that you are delivering uh, something of value to the company while they can't see you. The way, you can't prove it by sitting there now and being visible. You have to prove it by the actual impact of your work. So talk to your boss about what are the expectations? What do you need me to do? Is there a number? Is there a metric? Is there a task? And then knock those tasks off and report back. I will tell you, when I hire people, Peggy, and I'm remote from everybody in my organization, but when I hire people, I tell them, if you can get this done, if you can get all the work done in four hours and you can spend the rest of the day surfing or playing video games, God bless you. I want you as an employee. I don't want someone who it takes 10 hours to do the same amount of work. That's not a superstar employee, right? That's just someone who's working really hard. But right. when you're remote, it's all about the impact you're having. So reach out to your bosses, reach out to the people on your teams and make sure A, you're communicating with them regularly and B, the metrics by which you're going to be evaluated are very clear and transparent and um, then just simply do that work. And don't be afraid to, to bring up the conversation. I mean, a lot of a lot of employers are not accustomed to having remote employees either. So they're navigating these 
uncharted waters as well. And they may appreciate you bringing it up and saying, you know, I know that this is a new situation. What are, you know, what would you like me to do? What are your expectations? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I will tell you, a, a lot of a lot of bosses don't know how to manage in this situation. And if, if your boss doesn't, the way you help them is by saying, hey, let me know what are your expectations? You know, how is it that I can contribute to support you right now? Because I know we can't see each other, but what are the things that I can do that will move the needle for you and for the company? And um, your boss will appreciate that. And then stay in touch with them, report back to them at the end of every day, quick email. Wanted to let you know, here's what I was able to accomplish today. Boom, boom, boom. Here are the challenges I'm facing. Um, look forward to touching base with you again tomorrow. And it's, you know, remote work is very different, but you can be enormously productive. I will tell you, Peggy, I've had people who work at our headquarters in California in the United States who are commenting on, I miss the contact, I miss the, the interactions with other people. I don't like not having that, but I'm getting way more done now that exactly. I'm Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I, I get a lot more done working remote. And I think that, that people need to understand that as well. You know, when you're in an office, there's a lot more interpersonal distractions that happen. People coming and talking about, you know, whatever they saw on TV or lunch break things or stuff like that, or just standing up and walking around. You have to make sure that you can break up your day at home as well. No question. No question, and and the the you know, there's there's lots of good guidance on this um, out there. You can and the, there's a few general rules that most people say, and the general rules are, you know, try to stick to a a, a reasonable work schedule, set you know regimented times that you're going to be working, get dressed for work, don't go down and just throw on sweatpants and a t-shirt um, if that's not what you normally do when you work. Um, get dressed. Just there are you know there. Are, basic tips and if you go and just search remote work tips you'll find this anywhere but there those are a few of the core principles that people who have done this for a long time that I agree with say um, and it's it is helpful to do those things good advice so let's switch gears a little bit what are you doing this weekend this is Easter weekend it's a great question Peggy I don't really know uh, what I'm doing this weekend um, I know that today, which I'm largely shut down from work, um, it's just we've been, uh, uh, our team has been just grinding it out the last few weeks and, and it's been pretty overwhelming. And um, so we're, we're trying to dial it back today a bit and take advantage of the, the long weekend. Um, so when, when you and I get off the phone, I, I have this, um, I think, aforementioned 25-pound bag of um, ground beef sitting in my refrigerator, which I need to do something with. Oh, so you I think, do. So I think, um, I think there's going to be some meatloaf cooking coming up in the immediate future. I think there's tacos. going to be lots of meatballs. Tacos isn't a bad idea. There's lots of things that I need to do so that that meat doesn't completely go to waste so that will you know, be you can, you can freeze it too you don't have to cook it all today no understood i'm thinking of uh, what it's so big though in its current form that i i literally can't freeze it i have no place to oh, put no. it oh no you have to i would parcel it up in like two pound bags and freeze it well i'm thinking of just like doing a a, a huge thing of meatballs because caroline likes meatballs so that'll you know and then freeze them i'm thinking okay. of cooking you know two or three meatloafs and freezing two of those so 
that's the plan. Um, getting rid of a surplus of ground beef without having it rot in my refrigerator is is mission number one. And then I that's think a good this, goal. yeah. Then this weekend I think it's mostly I, I really want to get um I want to get some uh, weight equipment that I've got in a shed out of the shed so that it's usable um, and set up a space uh, in our backyard. We got a little patio where I can at least put that and protect it from the elements. Um, and then Easter Sunday, I think the only thing really on tap is um, a, a Zoom conference with uh, my wife's entire family, which I think I've alluded to before. It doesn't work very well because you end up with like 16 people on a Zoom call. But unlike a business meeting where there is a clear owner, like a leader of the meeting who directs who talks to whom when, mm -hmm. this just evolves into people talking over each other constantly and you can't hear anything for 40 minutes. No, it's kind of like my family get together so so is it really that different <laughs> i don't know it's just maddening to me i know anyway how about you guys uh so today we are going to color easter eggs oh, so good. i i wasn't going to do easter eggs and then i thought oh fine we'll do them so i have those ready to go we're gonna decorate easter eggs and then we are going to paint easter cookies which i'm crazy excited about i gotta send you i i i'll i'll send you pictures and then we can talk about it tomorrow because you, you got to see how we're going to do this i'm very very excited um yes i'm excited to see them now because yes. it sounds like something that maybe we would want to try to do here at our house it, it, i'm very very excited about it so i will let you know how it works we're going to do that today it's crazy 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 windy out i want to go outside and play but we live in the woods and these big trees are just swaying. So Scott and I kind of have a wager on which tree is going to go first. So that's always a fun, exciting game. Oh, yeah. Tree fall bingo. Exactly. Something like that. And um, that's it. I got a roast in the oven because, you know, it smells good. And that's it. Nothing <laughs> exciting. That, that's the only reason. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, listen, always great to catch up and we'll do it again tomorrow. Sounds good. Have a good day. You too, Peggy. Bye. Bye. We're stuck in our homes, but you're not alone. First let it feed at least. Where should the breeze? COVID-19 has you down. Yeah.